From the strategy of tension to the two-party psyop, our government is working against us. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Every Saturday from 3 to 6, I bring you the libertarian perspective on the most important stories of the week. I don't want to say they're the biggest stories. They're not always the biggest stories. But they're the ones I think we need to pay the most attention to. And I not only give you a libertarian perspective, I try to tell you what I think is really behind the news stories. I've gotten to the point where I I think basically anything that hits that 24-7 cable news cycle over and over again drilled in your head, oftentimes you get 24 hours of the same story with practically no facts. <laughs> You're just getting a message drilled into your head. That's propaganda. And I try to tell you what I think the propaganda is all about. And I have to say, I have never seen a propaganda effort as intense as the one this week for the March for Our Lives. And and I and the propaganda on that end is coming mostly out of the left media. You get some on the right, just the fact that they're covering it more than they covered like the Obamacare marches that I went on, uh, the March for Life, which I really feel the March for Our Lives is kind of co-opting. My mother always marched for life, uh, which is also a Save the Children march, a very different crowd. But I... I don't really follow the media on the left. It gives me agita. <laughs> I get enough agita from following the media on the right. But I don't really follow it too much. And still, I've gotten, uh, I mean, every everybody from my producer, Binkley, who's here in the studio. And uh, if you tweet, you know Binkley. If you listen to the show, you know him. And even um, my sister, people are just bombarding me with, oh, I can't stand it. There's just this propaganda is making me crazy. There's so much of it around this March for Our Lives. So uh, I know that it's relentless, pervasive. And it sounds like, it seems like it's for gun control. That's what they're saying it's about. So what the March for Our Lives supposedly is this movement that emerged organically in response to the Parkland shooting in Florida on Valentine's Day when a former student... Uh, allegedly shot and killed 17 people, injured others. I say allegedly because I, like I started the show with, I don't believe, I don't have faith in the official narrative. I don't just simply believe what the government tells me, what the government tells the media to report to me. I don't believe it. So unless I get evidence, timelines, um, just anything that supports the facts instead of just a litany of anonymous sources giving me talking points that all lead to uh, supporting a certain agenda, I don't believe the stories. So I don't disbelieve them necessarily, but I look at this stuff as whether, regardless of whether they, they just happened and there was nothing they could do to stop it or they spin the facts, I don't know. But they are... This movement seemed to me like a movement waiting for a moment. And if that moment just happened to stumble out there, I don't know. But I noticed right away 
that it, within 24 hours, they had a press conference down in Florida. The superintendent of schools, Sheriff Israel, the attorney general of Florida, the governor of Florida, they all came out and they basically rattled off the themes that were going to emerge in this so, uh, you know, uh, reportedly organic movement. Superintendent Runcy said, this generation is going to take over. If we can't do it, they're going to. I know they've already been in my office. Now, this is within 24 hours of this horrible massacre. He, within 24 hours, he had kids in his office talking about politics. I mean, anybody who's listening, I know some of you have experienced tragedy. I've experienced tragedy. You, you sit in a chair staring at a wall for the first 24 hours. Maybe you scream, but this doesn't ring true to me. And what, what, even if it were true, people grieve in different ways. I don't know. Maybe it was people who were more tangentially involved in this or, um, uh, that did, were waiting politically for this to happen. But the fact that he introduced that as the tone that the political aspect of this would take going forward uh, was suspicious to me, and I flagged it immediately that day. And I've talked about it with you before, uh, probably right away. And another theme that emerged right then and there uh, on that day, the governor and the president, Trump, both basically said, they didn't use the words, but they said, you know, we need to make sure this never happens again, never again. And we just heard on the news report at the top of the hour, never again. That's what that's what the speech in D.C. led with today, if I understood that report correctly. So uh, I saw these themes emerging. Another funny a thing I, I pegged, and I'm not bragging, I'm just saying, uh, when you see these things, they're called Chekhov's guns. They're little items in the, in the narrative early on that wouldn't really be a detail that was mentioned if it wasn't going to be important later. And that's when I see these things as kind of prefab uh, uh, agendas or operations that are leading to a policy. So whatever the real facts are, they're going to spin them to get you to where they want to be policy-wise. And just a minor detail was that I mentioned I thought backpack control would be one of the agenda items to come out of Parkland. I said that immediately within a couple of days because they taught, they, the sheriff said everybody had a backpack. And I was like, that's a weird, you know, why would you say that? Everybody has a backpack. So this week, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School introduced, mandated, I think even provides, provided clear backpacks for the kids. Uh, another, another item I'm seeing emerging, not from this narrative, but, uh, we talked about it last week, the George W. Bush elementary school outside of Dallas talks about how they're not going to have landscaping because you can't surveil the students with traditional landscaping. And by coincidence, the Uber death that happened this week, which was also suspicious in my opinion, such an important thing, uh, testing driverless cars, they have a reprobate felon with driving violations as the person conducting this test. Very sketchy story, in my opinion. And one feature of the story is that shrubbery and landscaping prevented the driverless car from um, sensing the surroundings correctly. I really, I'm just flagging this stuff because when you see it, when you, I, I'm really convinced that anything that comes out of the mainstream media, these little details, they all kind of dovetail to an agenda. 
And if you listen to the podcast I do with Binkley, PropagandaReportDaily.com, we go into a lot of who's actually setting these agendas, who's giving people talking points, who's telling them how to frame the questions. And Binkley's really a master at finding the clips of the people who... Uh, who who tell who are who are behind these kind of movements, and uh, and it's been you know we've seen a lot of foreshadowing in what in these clips that we've listened to, and then what people come out and say, and I notice a lot of this with the with this movement, the March for Our Lives, as it's called today, the stuff that's coming out of the Parkland shooting. Um, but what I I feel the main thrust of all of this, although we're told that it's gun control, it, I believe the main thrust is is the thing that I actually identified on the first day of the year as my what to watch out for 2018. What will be the theme of this year? And the theme I cited was that it would be a uh, are you a Democrat or are you evil? Was how I put it. That that was going to be the theme of the year. And then as a, a little sub point, I said, you know, I think I think it's ripe that the identity dialectic, the conflict between two identities that will support this theme will be age. Our young versus old, Democrat versus evil. That's how it that's what I said the first day of the year. And and again, I'm not blowing my horn. I'm just saying these things aren't just popping up, oh my gosh, what should we do? Don't let them frame the issue. See that they are framing the issue first. It's first they frame the issue, then they force feed you the policy. And and we tend to hear the news or parachute in after the issue has been framed. And then, so when you talk to people about what should we do, they say, well, something has to be done about these school shootings. I guess that's what it is. And I say, when you say that's what it, this is the policy we need. You got to look back and see they were pushing that policy before this event. So what's the real purpose of the policy? And then decide if you're still if you still think that's the right policy or if maybe there's a different policy that addresses the actual issue you're worried about and doesn't serve the agenda they set up first. That gets a, we're getting I'm getting a little complicated because I think this is complicated. Uh, so Binkley, thank you for all your work on those clips. How are you today? I can't hear you. You got to turn your mic up, Rachel. Um, turn Binkley's. Ready mic. to march. I still can't hear it. That's okay. So, all right. So, let me just play a clip for you then, so that uh, you can see what I'm talking about. Let me see what what clip makes. First, let's do. I played this before, but it's it's short and it's the it's the superintendent. This will set the stage for um, the support I have that that this thing is uh, is an agenda and not really about gun control but about i think it's about the 2018 elections and um they're using gun control as the divisive issue that if you're not on the right side of this issue you're on the wrong side of the issue so actually uh let's play if we can play clip 103 where uh uh one of the young gals, Emma, who's leading the charge on March for Our Lives, she tells us what the real purpose of all this is. Let's hear clip 103. So basically what after the march encompasses is community outreach. We're going to be traveling to universities and high schools and other community events and telling them our stories and our values. And we're going to be setting up voter registration booths. Right now, only one in five people 
from the ages of 18 to 29 actually go vote. And we want to change that to four-fifths. The voting is what we're pushing here. The march is kind of a a statement saying, hey, we're going to be voting in November. Watch out. All these people are voting against you. So the voting's kind of the main event. Just the march is pushing that. I mean, that she's just laying out the true agenda, which, by the way, they are also part of their agenda is raising the age for gun ownership. But but the theme throughout all these movements is listen to us, listen to the kids. It's the same as when you look at um, communist propaganda. Another thing Binkley loves to tell us about. They always talk about, you know, the the grassroots, the guys in the dirt have the real wisdom. The poor, uneducated have the real wisdom. And that may be true, but they're saying the kids have the real wisdom. Okay, give them the keys to the kingdom, let them run the world, but they're not old enough to uh, exercise the fundamental right of self-defense. I mean, we've got a lot more uh, meat to put on these bones. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. And now for something completely different. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I have an overcast outside the studio. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. Uh, Binkley, sounds like your um, mic is working. Hi, Binkley. How are you doing? I'm ready to march. Are you really ready to march? Yeah. I'm inspired. <laughs> I know that you're a um, you're an undercover journalist signed an up. Undercover progressive. Yeah. No, you're an undercover. You're you have infiltrated the progressive movement. You're controlled <laughs> opposition. No, that's not controlled opposition. But I uh, we only have a short segment, and I wanted to know. Uh, I want to tweet. Oh, you have one from Norman who tweets: "The whole common sense gun control meme is a lie. Just look at all the signs calling for bans. Did you see the Heil Hog salute? I did not see that." That's uh, Hog is the kid who's running the, is the face of the operation, right? Great kid. <laughs> I think we, we called him out on our first show as being, uh, I don't know, up to something. I don't know. I don't you know. did, definitely. Uh, the one, one sign I thought was crazy was like a Ferguson type sign that said, hands up, don't shoot, to save our kids from guns. And I'm thinking, those guns are not the ones they're trying to ban. That was a government-issued weapon. And I don't think these kids are saying, you know, well, let's us give up our arms and you give up your arms. Why would the government say no to that? That's my little thought experiment, if you want to call. 800-WSB-TALK, at Monica Perez Show. Uh, lots of calls. I'll get to all of you after the break. Monica Perez. Maybe it's something really cool that I don't even know about, you know. On News 95.5 at AM 750, WSB. I will tell you that. Based on WSB, Saturday is from 3 to 6. Always trying to give you the uh, libertarian scoop or even just uh, peel the onion for you a little bit. I wanted to play a clip for you that... Um, I've been talking about and I've played before, but as this, uh, the aftermath of Parkland uh, unfolds week by week in the political arena, hitting what is might be the crescendo today with the March for Our Lives run by kids, um, kids who bring wisdom, they say, kids who are underrepresented, kids who can't protect themselves with a gun. They can't be the good guy with the gun. You can't have a march protect truckers from guns by banning guns because truckers will be like, hey, man, I got a gun. So the, the kids are a very specific demographic. 
for this operation. I don't think it was an accident. As a matter of fact, on the first of the year, I, I, the, my number one thing to watch out for for 2018 was that there would be uh, that age would be the dialectic behind the 2018 elections, that it would be old versus young, Democrats versus evil. You know, are you a Democrat or are you evil? Like, that's just the kind of simplistic nonsense that you can get, uh, uh, you know, a developmentally ideological. You know, they know these are developmentally. First, you start with ideology. Then you have experience. Then you evaluate your ideology. If you're still in this in this uh, stage of theoreticals you can um things that look good or sound good you can you can clasp onto but anyway i i uh now i'm ready for that clip three sorry i uh, i cut it off a little bit go for it rachel i will tell you that um students have been reaching out to me uh reaching out to um staff probably board members and others um saying that now now is the time for this country to have a real conversation on sensible gun control laws in this country. So our students are asking for that conversation. And I hope we can get it done in this generation, but if we don't, they will. So I've been playing that since the day after Parkland. That was within 24 hours. The superintendent of schools came out while people should have still been literally physically shaking. And and he set the tone for how this would unfold. And he's not running the show. He but I think he got those talking points. But he also says something else in that clip that's very telling. We need a real conversation about gun control. I remember when Eric Holder, right after Obama was elected, said we need a real conversation about race. And I was like, Oh, that's great. We should have let we should clear up misunderstandings. We can understand each other, maybe speak the same language. That would be great. I can't wait for the healing. And then that's not exactly what he was talking about. This is a guy who said, Holder himself said, we need to brainwash people about guns. Runcie is saying a real conversation. They mean, let's move this to the left. But I think we should have a real conversation about government and propaganda and what's, what goes into all this stuff. And I'm not talking about moving it to the left. I'm talking about having a real conversation about how, this, how manipulative this stuff is. Binkley, I want a quick tweet if you've got one handy. And then uh, we're going to do some rapid fire because i got lots of calls. 800-WSB-TALK. My tweet is at Monica Perez Show. Go. Uh, this tweet comes from Ridgeway. He says... This is utter madness. These kids aren't thinking anything through. They're just repeating talking points. That's actually true. I think you, Binkley, sent me a sign that absolutely reflected one of the clips that you played me a while ago. George Lakoff is a guy you were way ahead of uh, as the guy setting the talking points for these agendas that are rolling out. He's the modern-day Edward Bernays. And one of the things he said was that um, mental that that these school shootings are just aren't aren't mental illness. They're anger with a gun handy. Now, I don't understand why that doesn't happen with kitchen knives or baseball bats. But uh, and then you showed me a, a billboard or somebody's like placard sign at a march. What did it say, Binkley? Do you remember what what that sign said? It played right into it. It said that there's mental illness in other countries Mental illness isn't the problem. But that... Guns are. Because the difference is that we... Everybody has mental illness. Everybody doesn't have guns. We have guns. That's what she was implying. 
Right, which dovetails with with what that guy wants us thinking. So what Ridgeway's tweet about how they're just not thinking through their repeating talking points, you have identified for us, Binkley, over recent podcasts. People can go to propagandareportdaily.com to hear them. Where People are like, who's the they? What's this conspiracy? I, I think you have your finger on the pulse of the people who are feeding these talking points to these crowds. I mean, you have videos that are training people how to talk, what to write on their signs, how, what to say to their congressmen. I mean, these things are coming down from the top. Yeah, they send them the signs. They say, take these signs to the march. They do. Yeah, I mean, it's highly orchestrated. They act like it's grassroots. They act like it's controlled by kids I'm not buying it for a second. I don't think that. I think we just heard a 10-year-old on the top, <laughs> on the news at the bottom of the hour. And, uh, you know, that's where that's where you have to, you know, somebody's putting up to it. I told you on the air recently, my son who has Down syndrome and a one-on-one aide was marching for this at school. Don't tell me. He's like, I don't care what you people say. I, this is important to me. I'm walking out right now, even if I get expelled. No, he's like, oh, yeah, let's go outside. You know, like that's. Yeah, who wouldn't want to join in when you're a kid? Of course. Uh, okay, I'm going to do rapid fire. I, I want, uh, I'll give you one minute and we can get to everybody. Reggie, you got one minute. Reggie, you're on with Monica. Go. Hi, Monica. Uh, I'd just like to know how you guys, how, how exactly do you guys feel about this uh, March for Our Lives anti-gun protest? Do you think that it's just a, yet another vehicle for attention or to get attention for, these, for the likes of these Hollywood celebrities and media fig, uh, personalities or figures such as radio and TV talk show hosts, or, or is it for network cable TV ratings or, or not? Yes or no, why or why not? And do you feel sorry, ashamed, and pity for these marchers that are doing this march today and this weekend? Or I'll tell you, for them? I do think that they are, uh, I believe... They are being manipulated. I, I think you're responsible for your own actions. I think if you're young enough to, to be adamant about what you want people to vote for, um, I think that the, the simp- they're trying to get our sympathy. Their position of righteousness, where they're not actually saying it, I don't think, but is that they are at our mercy. They are not represented in government. And that we who are in control of government with our votes are not doing the right thing. Um, I actually think we have clips to that effect. And uh, and I think I think this is all part and parcel of the blue wave of flipping the country. I, it started with flip the sixth. Then I said it was flip the south. Then it was flip the flyovers. And then Stacey Abrams, the nominee for, or the running in the primary for um, the Democratic candidate for the Georgia governorship, said We're, we got to we got to change this country, which dovetails with Obama transforming the country. Um, and I think Trump's doing it by generating reaction, but I think it's still moving in the same direction, sadly. I'm going to Greg in Woodstock. Greg, you are on with Monica. Hey, Monica. I originally called to speak about the uh, shooting at Mandalay Bay out in Las Vegas last year. But uh, since the conversation it keeps going back to the kids and the gun control, I wanted to talk about that first. My big concern is, is that we want to arm the teachers to, to protect the kids and themselves but yet discipline is not allowed in the schools anymore, at least the public schools. I haven't heard about any of these shootings happening at private schools. Yeah, me neither. So I'm, I'm a little concerned that, you know, everybody's pointing the finger at the kids not going to a place where it's safe to go to school each and every day, which I don't disagree with. However, there doesn't seem to be any kind of focus on allowing the teachers to discipline. When I was in school, oh boy, way back in the day, I got paddled when I was in high school. Do I agree with corporal punishment? 
No. But do I agree with telling somebody, no, you cannot do that. You will face consequences. I absolutely agree with that. And I think that people need to suffer, not suffer, but I do believe that people need to appreciate what a consequence is, and they need to be held accountable. Yeah, I think, well, actually, let me just say, there are a couple of things that you said uh, that I want to touch on. The public versus private thing, I think these things, um, I think there is usually foreknowledge. I think that they have the tools to stop this stuff. I've seen them, I've read stories of people who, uh, the book was thrown at them for lesser things than the stuff Nicholas Cruz did, and he went to the school, same school as the sheriff's children at the same time. So I don't know what went on back there, but when you say public happens in public and not in private, I have to wonder if the private schools just aren't, um, you know, can't be manipulated like that. I really don't know. I don't know what, what the underlying thing is, but I think it's probably something a little deeper than just the nature of the schools. And I'll tell you why, because if you look at the other stats, violent crimes, uh, rapes, all that other stuff, those, those things are going down. So the idea that there's a, syst- a systemic problem that's resulting in these violent uh, impulses, there's be- virtually no crimes that start at the top, no criminals that start at the top. You know, they always talk about it. They torture animals. They do this. They do that. These, the, you would expect a, an undercurrent of an increasingly agitated youth or whatever, um, whoever the demographic who's doing these things are, and you're not seeing that. So uh, I don't think we really know the underlying causes, what's really going on, so I don't think we can offer policy solution. I will say about arming teachers, my number four thing what to watch out for for 2018 was there would be armed guards in normal places, that we were going to start seeing what looks like, feels like, and ultimately is a kind of martial law. So arming the teachers, they're not really going to be teachers who are given guns. They're going to be armed guards who are put in schools. You can give them a job to teach something if you want, but that's not really what it's going to be. It's going to be a core of, you know, my opinion, that, that this is ushering in martial law. It's very real. And Trump doesn't say things that are just throwaway. When he said arming the teachers, I was like, wow, they're really going to do that. And they are. And it's not about empowering private individuals with their gun rights, these are government agents who are going to walk around. And it's super terrifying. I remember once I was in Ireland when I was 15 and I just went to the store after dark, but it wasn't late with my sisters and, and walking the streets were a couple of military guys with, with machine guns. And I was terrified. And I still, I still have that feeling. It was so scary. That's what we're doing to our kids. And then you're also going to put, active shooter drills in there. I mean, these kids are going to be, uh, are going to have post-traumatic stress syndrome just from growing up in those schools. Uh, so much for my rapid fire idea. Let me take a quick break and then I can get to um, more calls right after that. 800 WSB talk. You can tweet at me at Monica Perez show. Monica Perez. This will not stand. You know, this aggression will not stand, man. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. 70 degrees is the forecast high for today. 53, the forecast low overnight. Weekend weather is brought to you by Shoemate Heating and Air. And uh, I'm going to get some calls in uh, in this break. I'm going to Mike in Lawrenceville. Mike, you are on with Monica. Hi, Mike. Hi. Yeah. Um, one of my, uh, one of my uh, psychology teachers in college 
uh, brought up an interesting point to me, and I've I've looked into it over the last few years. Um, over the last thirty years, our focuses have changed. Our focus in public schools have changed from education to self-esteem. We worry more about the self-esteem of the child, which artificially builds a self-esteem. Self-esteem, healthily built, is based on accomplishments and stuff like that. These, it, these, we give out trophies for everything. Creates a high self self-esteem. The higher your self-esteem is, the less you worry about the consequences or the uh, the feelings of other people. I just want eh, want to know your feelings. That's that. really interesting, and actually, probably the best advice I ever got ever was um, from a social worker, a friend of uh, the father of a good friend of mine. Joe said, uh, I was worried about my son. I felt he was insecure. He was a little, little kid. And uh, I just didn't know what to do. He was just, you know, super nervous when he um, went out on the baseball field and all that kind of stuff. And uh, Joe, Joe told me, he said, kids get confidence by overcoming challenges, not by getting hugs. And you can't, you cannot help this kid with love alone. You must let him figure it out for himself. And, and I, I mean, the kid would literally, what my husband, <laughs> we would laugh because he would roll around on the floor. I don't want to go. Don't make me go. And I didn't want to do it. You know, as a, I, as a sympathetic mother, I did not want to send him out there, but I, I felt I had to, that he would really not be able to be a self-respecting person uh, with the ability to accomplish anything unless I sent him out there. And it was really the best advice I ever got. And I've got to tell you, I, I coined a new term, frontier parenting. Maybe somebody else coined it. I don't know first. But I, I feel like us in this day and age with the electronics and now this terror that's being brought down on us, it's I, I don't even know how to parent my kids. But this is something I, I do want to talk about in this show. After the break, I'm going to go to Will, who wants to talk about the historical pattern of people removing our rights. But I also want to talk about how the strategy of tension plays into that. Every day I feel like you hear something on the news that's going to scare the crap out of you and that it's going to be based on something you can't control. Austin Bomber, no motive, lock your door. You know, stuff like that. I want to get into that after the break. 800-WSB-TALK or you can tweet at me at Monica Perez Show.